Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two 40-something-year-old friends and coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease. Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned selves. We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives trying to fit into a box only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life. We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start living your best life. Let's get into today's episode. So Carrie, do you know what one of my favorite things in the world is? What's that? Sleep. (laughs) Me too. This is something we bond over. Like, you have no idea. Well, you probably do have an idea, but it's something that I have always just been so obsessed with since I was little. And I would get teased about it all the time by friends, my family, even my husband lovingly teases me that like, I am just the queen at sleeping. It's just so amazing. Yes. Every day. I'm not exaggerating. When I get in bed, I think this is the best part of the day. And I have a great life. Like I have no complaints, but I just love that feeling of getting under the covers. And I know I'm going to be sleeping soon and just having that like complete time of turning off my thoughts and my productivity. But you know what's interesting, though, is I carried a lot of shame around my sleeping habits for a long time, because at least for me, I feel that here in the U.S., people will look at you like you're just lazy. Yes, sleep has been equated with laziness, which is so strange because it's an essential part of health. Exactly. And I know that's why we're having this conversation today is because of still that stigma that comes with um, just talk about sufficient sleep or, you know, sleeping more than you should, which for me, I've always been someone like at least nine hours and that's like perfect for me. But it's one of those things where I was always like very ashamed and like embarrassed when people would tease me about it or make a comment. And it really made me feel bad like throughout my lifetime. Now I know better and we know better having learned so much more about the importance of sleep and what it actually does for our bodies. And even recently, as I've learned about being a projector, and projectors are one of those energy types in human design that needs extra sleep, like taking naps even. And I just felt so validated when I learned that. Same. Yeah, I agree. I Nine hours is ideal. I could easily sleep more than that. But mm-hmm. I try not to just because of that conditioning that's still stuck in me yeah. I re- I just I feel like even now knowing 
the importance of sleep, our society, the American culture still really um, praises and idealizes people who like don't need to sleep or only sleep a few hours a night. And that's looked at as something to try to live up to. Yeah. Almost. And I remember like hearing like when I was a teenager, like that Bill Clinton only slept four hours a night. And that's why he was like so productive and able to like accomplish everything he accomplished. And it's like, mm. is this healthy? Man, he also had a lot of people helping him out with, <laughs> True. with stuff too. But that that's the thing. Like, I don't care who you are. If you're someone that says like, oh, I do great with three hours, you know, of sleep you may do great with it now but the uh the compounding effects of it not great that's leading to burnout leading to a lot of just dysregulation within your body and the emotional dysregulation that we can you know come across and i mean it really just leads to so much disaster i think when we don't prioritize sleep. We're, and I like to say we're we're human beings, not human doings. Mm-hmm. So we can't just do do do. When we're sleeping, you know, when we're getting sufficient rest, that is what is going to allow us to do our job in the world and within our lives without you know that resistance that we can often hit from burnout and lack of proper care for ourselves. And we are by no means sleep experts or medical experts, but just some of the big health areas that quality good sleep helps with is just reducing stress, supporting our immune health, helping our energy levels during the day be more consistent after a good night of sleep. And I think that not only are we talking about sleep, but we are talking about quality sleep, which I think a lot of people try to sleep their seven to eight hours and they still aren't able to achieve that because they have racing thoughts or Mm -hmm. they, you know, they can't relax. They can't turn their minds off to allow their bodies to go into the sleep cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know my husband is one of those people. He's always been like that his whole life. His mind is just so active. So he has to have the TV on in order to fall asleep. And I know in one of our recent episodes, we talked about how we tend to sleep separately from our partners. And I myself, probably about 50% of the time sleep separately because it affects my quality of sleep. I need silence and he needs the TV. And so that leads me to ask you, Carrie, do you have a routine, like a wind down routine? Because I feel like it's important for all of us to have a routine that kind of signifies like, oh, okay, it's the end of the day. It is time to start prepping for sleep as one of those ways to get better quality sleep. Mm, That's a good question. I don't have like a set routine. The things that are non-negotiables before sleep is like my like bathroom routine of like my brushing of the teeth and washing my face and taking my contacts out. Um, And I think that because I've just done that routine for so many years is maybe my um, unconscious or subconscious trigger that, okay, it's time for bed. But 
even after I do that, I get into bed and I like do like I read. I sometimes I'll journal. Sometimes I scroll social media, which I try not to do, <laughs> but it's like such a cozy time to do it. I know. I know. And I, uh. I do try to be very intentional about the social media I'm looking at before bed. Like I try to look at like really inspirational things more like my business's account than my personal account because I've cultivated more that I follow like people talking about spirituality and the Enneagram and human design and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel like it puts me in a place of agitation ever because it's very calming messages. Yeah, that's really awesome that you mentioned that because I know I've read multiple areas that before bed, of course, it's best to not scroll social media and things like that, things that can be triggering for some people. But if so, at least have it be inspirational in some way. Like what we take in just before bed sinks more deeply into the subconscious mind when we're sleeping. And so I know I've read a few different times where it's really important for us to minimize any potential triggers or any type of frustration just before bed or even like something that could stimulate our minds uh, excessively. So that's cool that you you really focus on things that are more inspirational or more calming for you. Do you have a routine before bed? So I I like to experiment with a lot of different <laughs> routines. That's part of your human design. It is. I am just an experimenter. Then I find what works right now. What I'm doing is I will wear blue lens blockers, like the, the glasses for the blue light blocking. So because I've read that also helps to kind of prep the body for hibernation for sleep. So we're, um, you know, blocking all the harmful lights from the electronics and things like that. So my husband and I do watch TV in the evenings, but I'll put those glasses on at like seven o'clock at night. So I get that kind of effect at least. And then I always make sure recently that I go to bed before I am exhausted. And this is part of my human design experiment because as a projector, we supposedly do best when we are lying down in bed for 30 minutes prior to going to sleep because that allows us to properly reset our nervous system and discharge the excess energy that we've accumulated throughout the day because actually being in a supine position does change the flow of the, the energy within the body compared to standing. So... I always make sure half hour before and I'll listen to either a meditation or some just soft like spa type music. I have not been allowing myself to go on the phone because like you, that can be something that I can really get sucked into. But that's what I've been doing recently. One time, I don't, I think we've talked about her before, but Yoga with Cassandra on YouTube. Oh, I love her. She yes. had a 30-day series of evening yoga. Yes. And I did that 
when she released it, and I should do it again because it's still on her channel, Mm -hmm. every night before bed. And I slept so well after doing those. And they were short, 10, 15 minute. I know. And that's yoga. So relaxing. I did it like with low lighting or candlelight. And it was so awesome. Yeah. And oh man, I, I've done the same exact thing with her videos and I've done the whole morning routine, the 30 days of morning again, 10 to 15 minutes. And that was just because I'm not a morning person at all. And it can take me a long time to wake up. I found that really just got my day going so much more smoothly. And so the evening one is absolute perfection because, again, I feel when we're trying to get quality sleep, even if it's not the eight or nine hours, but at least like quality with what you're able to, you know, get, there has to be a wind down routine. So your body can just gradually go into that sleep mode instead of like that hard stop and yes. then throwing yourself into bed because our, our bodies just don't work that way. And I know when it comes to even like the change in the seasons and the time changes, we're so greatly affected by that. And, you know, as much as we want to try to fight it, it really, it's nature and nature has these smooth flows in and out and, I feel like for the sleep routine in the evenings, that is tremendous help for for anyone who wants to just improve the quality. Yeah, it's interesting, us humans always trying to fight nature and mm. um, not go with that flow that every other animal does, especially mammals and hibernating mammals in the winter time like really do slow down their their productivity and their energy yeah. and they sleep more and so i've always even when i was a child i used to wish that we operated more closely to the sun like i used to wish i yeah. just wish we had to go to sleep when it got dark well it's probably because your body like something in you was saying like okay i need to do this because i mean that that is how we're meant to operate like that's how early man yeah did it with the circadian rhythm and we flow with nature it is supposed to be that way but of course you know it it can't be that way all the time just considering you know the world that we live in but if we can get to that as closely as possible. And I think, again, that's why those wind down routines are so powerful. Um, That just really can be a game changer. Oh, completely. And don't you feel like even with all of the new research and information coming out scientifically about how important sleep is, there's still so much that we don't know about Mm. why we need to sleep? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and for me, I think it's interesting as much as I love researching things and finding the answers to the things for me, I'm like, listen to your body. What does your body want to do? We're so detached from our, you know, many of us are so detached from our bodies so that we just, we don't know what they want. 
But as I've tried to really tune into mine more deeply over the years, like I have tried to kind of take that on with my my daily routines now of when I'm ready to go to bed, when I'm ready to wake up. And I'm lucky enough right now that with my coaching business, it allows me to be able to do that. I know it's not something that everyone is able to do, but I think um, as closely as possible, again, I'm going to take it back to these, you know, routines, the wind down and the wind up routines that can bring you to that as close as possible. Right. And I've just started like hearing like tip of the iceberg information about like when we sleep and our conscious mind turns off, what could be happening during that Mm. time in terms of dreaming and what is the unconscious mind doing and our subconscious mind. Um, And do these things have to happen for us to be healthy? Like, People who don't sleep and don't allow that conscious mind to turn off. What is it doing, not just to their physical health, but to their psychological health, their emotional health, their spiritual health? Yeah, absolutely. It totally ties in. And um, I love that you bring this up because have you read anything from Dr. Joe Dispenza? No. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. His stuff is amazing. Specifically, I'm obsessed with his uh, meditation. Uh, It's an audio on Apple, I think is the only place you can find it. But he has a morning meditation and an evening meditation. And it's all focused on subconscious programming. And it is, it's really, really cool. Actually, one of the... um, coaches that I know very well from a mentorship group we were in. She swears by it as well. And she encourages a lot of her clients to incorporate um, those meditations into their evening and morning routines. And it's like 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. but like you just brought up, you know, what's happening with the the programming and Dr. Joe Dispenza focuses uh, with his work on that area specifically. And it's really cool. We'll we'll leave that linked in the show notes for anyone who wants to check check his audio out for the meditation. Have you ever had periods of time in your life where sleep didn't come easily for you or you had difficulty with the quality of sleep you were getting? Oh yes. <laughs> I would say recently. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, kind of like uh, the whole like mind jumbled so much information, don't know like what to process kind of um yeah, situation. So recently, the past couple of weeks, I think last night I went to bed at 9:30 and I got up at 6:30 and I got a total of 4 hours. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yes, because I would wake up and it would take me like an hour and a half to fall back asleep. And mm. I did that multiple times because my my mind was so busy. I have found, um, hopefully this will be helpful for listeners, when my mind is very just full feeling and racing, 
I will oftentimes write before bed. So just kind of stream of consciousness, whatever is in my head, just get it down on paper and write, write, write until I feel like I don't need to write anymore. And that has been really helpful for me in the past. And um, I did that a couple of times past couple weeks, but I didn't the other night. And that's when it was like, yeah, not good sleep. Oh, interesting. That's a great yeah. How about idea. You? I feel it's one of the things I feel so grateful for in my life. I've experienced like a handful of nights of not being able to sleep in my life. Wow, great. It's never a pattern, especially oh. if I have a night where I sleep poorly, usually because I'm worried about something or some something new is happening the next day that like I'm excited for or anxious for. Um Usually the f night following that sleepless night, I sleep great. So I can't imagine being stuck in a pattern that so many people struggle with of night after night of bad sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I do feel like um, as I've learned about my human design and where I and open where I take in a lot of energy and my head center is one of those locations and other things in my chart indicate that I have a very active mind. And so I know that that definitely ties into it, especially when I get into something that is really interesting mm -hmm. <laughs> to me. Like I can't let it go. I can't just tell my brain, okay, that's enough for today. We'll save it, you know, more for tomorrow. Another reason why writing before I go to bed and I feel this, you know, kind of heaviness is really helpful. So I do think that, you know, for a lot of us, depending on how we hold on to information and our challenges in life, and, you know, if we're trying to answer everyone else's questions as well as the ones that we have on our own, it's just, it's overwhelming and it can be a lot. Yeah. I think especially women and especially women with children, mm. sleep can be such a struggle. I, I think, I, I don't know if it's biological or just innately built into us that we wake up easily at every little thing we hear. So, you know, biologically you hear your child when he or she needs you. Um, but like, yeah, if anything, like, if my cat makes a sound, if my partner makes a sound, if my, you know, if he gets up to go to the bathroom or whatever, like I am completely aware of it and wake up with that. And so I think that's why so many women, I hear of more women. I don't know if it's a true st statistic or not, but I just mm -hmm. hear of so many women who struggle with sleep. Yeah, absolutely. And I, of course, don't know the, the science behind it, but yeah, I have heard that there very much is this um, sense of like being needed when it comes to, um, you know, babies crying out or even being fidgety, um, you know, in the next room or wherever it might be. And that being something where the mother's instinct is just like, OK, I need to I need to be awake for something. I need to get up and, you know, check. And I know for some of my friends that I've had, they very much felt like I just knew 
you know, even if he or she wasn't crying, I just knew that they were uncomfortable. So I would get up and sure enough, you know, they needed some sort of attention. And if I'm being completely honest, I think a small part of the motivation for me to not have children was because of this idea of or this fear of losing quality sleep, which all women do. And I'm sure I could have survived it. But that's how much I care about my sleep and how much I love sleeping that I just thought that sounds like so torturous. I'm to not be able to sleep. I'm with you on that. Like there, there was a part of me too. And then there was a part of me that was like, oh my God, that's so selfish. Like, why would I think that way? But I was like, you know what? I I think it's not selfish of me to realize that like, hey, you know, this is something that I definitely don't want to have to, you know, deal with. And again, going back to, I love sleep. And I think that, yeah, if we were living just in, you know, pre-agricultural times when it was much more communal, mm. it would have been a different story. But now that it's like usually one or two parents in the household with the children, mm-hmm. both of those people are going to have their sleep impacted. If there yeah. are two people in the household and if there's one person right. in the household in a single parent family, 100% this, their sleep is impacted. So, yeah. And plenty of people don't mind that. Yeah. Great. I think, you know, it's obviously an important part of the discussion when you are planning on having children and, you know, quality of sleep is going to certainly be greatly impacted and, I very much knew that in the beginning. And that's why, like, I always really prioritize that conversation, even with my husband in the beginning, where I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to do this because other reasons, of course, but sleep was one of them. And now I don't think there's anything really to be ashamed of because it's ultimately, you know, your decision, my decision, anyone's decision. But I think that's great that you bring it up um, when it comes to parenting, especially with mothers. Well, I have loved talking about sleep today. One of my favorite activities with you. And (laughs) to all of our listeners out there, I wish all of you a wonderful night of sleep tonight. And if you struggle with it, don't forget, Writing your thoughts out could be something very, very helpful and creating a routine, some sort of wind down routine. I know for myself, I found it incredibly helpful recently and hopefully you all will too. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with friends and or family. We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform as it really helps. If you'd like to reach out to us.